Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Kirk and I are going to talk about the seven biggest marketing challenges and solutions. And I'm going to go through all seven of these very quickly, and then we're going to break them down. Number one, what we're going to talk about with these seven marketing challenges is building a relationship with prospects. Number two, gaining better traction with 401k plan participants and increasing awareness of who you are and what you do. Number three, increase referrals from COIs. Four, clarifying having a consistent marketing message. Number five, getting more referrals from your existing network. Six, pre-qualifying prospects so that they're the right people. Seven, getting in front of your audience fans or getting a larger audience of fans faster. If any of those seven are things that you know that you have issues with you need to stay tuned and before we get into that and i turn this over to kirk for the first one here is we want to thank you uh, to have a thank you to our sponsor restream restream.io they are our live streaming partners and they're sponsoring our podcast because if you want to talk to your audience in a different way and truly engage them in a live manner that is compliance friendly check out restream.io and there are links in the show notes so kirk where do we begin with these seven biggest marketing challenges and solutions? Dude, did you, how many big coffee did you have today? Cause that was so fast. <laughs> well, I want to get to the meat and potatoes of this. Everybody keeps telling us that we need to get to the content faster. So we can do one of two things, have less of an intro or I can just say it faster. I chose today to just say it faster. Say it faster. That's funny. Yeah, there are, there are always different ways to get to an end goal aren't there that's, that's right it's not there's lots and lots of ways yeah well i'll tee up the first one and then you can talk about it there was an alternate title and maybe which was how to use podcasting to solve challenges in your business or challenges in marketing and really these are the the seven things that matt talked about are challenges for a lot of our listeners and building relationships with prospects <laughs> i don't even know if i can say how many actually do that very well mm -hmm. if you think about it and i suspect a lot of you listening are questioning how good a job you're doing with that also and i think that's why there's such a huge desire and affinity for most financial professionals i know to buy leads or to be lead generation focused because there's no way once you get somebody one is to have enough people paying attention to you and awareness and the other one is when they're aware of us how do we move them along this this continuum marketing sales continuum whatever you want to call and matt's going to talk about the first way these things all can play in other areas but we've got them hopefully placed in the right categories here for at least for the purposes of this podcast so bear sure. with us the first one building relationship with prospects matt what is the way to use a podcast to solve 
that marketing challenge. I'm going to try, and I know you are too. We're going to tell you actual client stories, how they're using their podcast to solve these problems. And so for this one, it's really how to win over leads. So a lot of you, as Kirk said, buy leads from lead generation companies. And what happens is that lead is sold to anywhere from two to five advisors. And then you have to be the first person to call. And, and a lot of you don't even do that. You send emails, which is the bad thing to do. So you don't pick up the phone. But what happens is if you and two other advisors pick up the phone, what our clients are doing is when they pick up the phone, they say, hey, look, I would like for you to listen to these podcasts to get to know me better when it's convenient for you. I'm not going to ask you a bunch of personal questions right now, which is what a lot of you do in these phone calls. And I'm not trying to sell you right away. What I want to do is I want to build a long-term relationship with you. Would you mind if I email you? a link to our podcast. That's opt-in marketing, everybody. I want you to understand that is a huge difference than trying to get them to do something else. I just got their email. I got the first yes from them. Then if they subscribe to our podcast, we know that the probability of you closing that lead in your favor because you do come across as unique and different is much, much higher. Another way to look at that is that the, the podcast doesn't need to be the lead generator, like the initiator. It can be the thing that moves it along, moves that relationship along. I think that's what Matt and I are kind of showing off here about how versatile podcasting is. Okay. I'm not sure everybody <laughs> fully understands it when they hear the word podcast or think about audio of just how versatile this can be, not only to record and put out into the world and versatile for listeners, but versatile for how you place it and its role inside of your marketing. And truly it can play really any role. And we've had some, we've talked before about large seminar companies talking to us about this being the perfect nurture seek mechanism. And we immediately said, well, why wouldn't you, why would you just use this for nurture? How about use it for credibility before that event actually happens? Yep. As an example. And when you're doing a follow-up to the 90% of the people who fall off the face of the earth after that event, put it, put the podcast in the nurture sequence in your email sequence, not just have the podcast be the sequence itself as far as subscribing to it. So anyway, but one of our clients was recently who has quite a system, digital marketing system inspired us to talk about this one solution. Yeah. He was on Michael Kitz's podcast. His name is Jeremy Kyle. So Jeremy's pretty easy to spell, but Kyle is K E I L. If you want to go check that out and listen, it was over an hour long podcast, I think an hour and 10 minutes. Jeremy's super detail oriented. So there's a lot of interesting ideas and steps that he took to do that. And he's yeah. winning big with his approach and podcasting is one of the cogs in the wheel. Yep. We think, and I think he would think that it's an important one, but so are other things. So that's the first one. So I'll tee up the next one here and Matt will dive into the solution. That's really gaining better traction with 401k and plan participants. So how do you use, how do you increase awareness with the group of people that you're administering the plan for? I won't get ahead of myself here. So Matt, why don't you talk about how to educate plan sponsors? So everybody- I, I just gave it away, sorry. <laughs> it's all right, man. It is all about education, but I'm gonna take it to a, a little bit different 
level here because this is an incredibly competitive marketplace. And when you're talking BIPs, differences between you and another advising company or a large company or whatever who are going to take over the plan, you being able to show that you have a you feel the fiduciary responsibility and commitment to educate the plan sponsors, not by crappy newsletters, by actually giving them actionable advice for them to make wiser financial decisions. When you're going up against Schwab, TD, I can't even think of all of them. There's so many, Fidelity, all of these people who are in the 401k, 403b space. And if you're going in and you're saying, hey, look, there, there's a huge difference between me and these huge companies. Are they cheaper? Yes, but you get what you pay for there. You are gonna get me twice a month educating your plan participants to increase their deposits, to provide more education, which we know in the world of 401ks actually increases retention of employees which is super, super powerful. It also helps you build a relationship with all of these plan participants. So when they leave that job, when they move, uh, when they retire, you're their person because you have built a relationship with them in a very palatable, easy way, intimate way that is at the plan participants convenience when they want to listen to the podcast. Because if you send them an email and it's a newsletter, if they don't read it right away, they're going to delete it. But that's not how podcasting works. Yeah, I think it's a great way to build relationships with the sponsor by you just absolutely kicking ass, right? Showing up, doing your thing for it, it being personable, which means probably the most important thing about an educational program is, is engagement. Yeah. Like who, like how many people with an email are actually engaging and enjoying and sharing that, right? This is shareable might actually be a really great thing for HR, attracting people to want to come work your business because they can say, hey, come listen to this podcast. I don't know if it has to be an internal private thing. I don't. I wouldn't think it would. There's options there for education wise. There's something else that struck me there too is it's a heck of a selling advantage yeah to be able to go and talk about that but the relationships that you build with the podcast and all the participants also pushes them to your social that's right so you're going to have a better social following and you're going to grow that audience i mean there's so many wins with this one yep. it's incredible i don't see this one happening as much but i think we're going to hear we're going to see a huge swing towards this in the next five years i i absolutely agree in fact i just had a call with a great prospective client earlier this week. And when he brought this to his company, they were like, yep, this is a huge difference maker. And, and everybody's always looking for that competitive edge. Now, Kirk, I'm going to, I'm going to tee you up for this one. This is number three. And this is what I know everybody wants more of, which is to get referrals from COIs. How does podcasting solve this marketing challenge? Yeah, so one of our first clients has had a lot of success doing this. And what he did was instead of it, the podcast being more about him sharing his expertise on a predominant basis, what he did was invite centers of influence that he already had relationships with and or people that he wanted to, but never quite happened and maybe even new people. And he didn't ask for anything in return. He just did something really cool for them. Obviously, he's got us helping them. So everything just looks so professional and they were just blown away. They were blown away at that, the fact that he had a podcast, the fact that he invited them, never asked for anything back. 
then gave them a whole bunch of assets like social media assets that they could use and send out to their own people. But then he, this advisor sent out promoting them like crazy and not just right after it was launched, but months after we'd come back to it and always tag them. So they knew that, and the tagging is, it's not like, Hey, remember this nice stuff I did for you. It's not like that. It's like, Hey, I'm going to keep doing nice stuff for you. Wanted to make sure you were tagged so you could be a part of the conversation. Yep. And I'm introducing you. So every way you do the attribution goes right back to the advisor who started this. And it's a really cool way to foster those centers of influence relationships. Having a process and just blowing them away is huge. You know, packaging it up, sharing it, you know, don't ask for anything in return, like I said. And this is really the law of reciprocation. I think that's one of your favorite authors. That's one of his big isn't that yep, the principle uh, of reciprocity, Dr. Robert? Yep. Yeah. Law, principle. Yeah. We're, the on same same, we're on the same page, brother. <laughs> totally, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Cyrus Venflow's approach is really powerful. I'd say, as far as when that turns into ROI, is a little bit longer. But podcasting, when it's podcast centric, when podcast is plugged into another system that's meant to be more short term, you'll get shorter term results. But when it's meant to be act as its own entity, marketing entity, it, you definitely, you can see it's going to take longer. I had this wonderful conversation with a lead gen company and they said that unequivocally, the, P, the advisors who get leads from their service, the ones who work the hardest, the ones who have the most credibility, they're the ones who absolutely win all the time. It's the same thing with podcasting. The ones who do the organic stuff, the ones yep. who talk about it, the ones who integrate it into digital marketing that they already have, the ones that send an email once a month about their episodes, the ones that talk about it with their clients, ask for topics. Those are the people that win. Across the board in marketing, unequivocally, everybody I ever talked to, it's always the same thing. It's the ones who work the hardest and integrate marketing together. Now, I want to pause you. Hold on, dude, because you're using a word that I want to take issue with, which is harder. They're not working harder. They're working smarter. They're really using their time more efficiently with these things, Are but they're doing the activity. So I guess I could understand if you equated the activity with working harder, but you have to do the work. I think it's both. Yeah. Okay. I'm fair with that. Yeah. It's good. Not taking stuff for granted. Like, yeah. oh, I, I hired somebody to do a system. I'm just going to let that work over there. I'm not going to pay any attention to it. It's doesn't work that way. It's not build it and they will come. It's talk about it, integrate it, build hype, get it, have different systems building. You can run those systems in a very labor free or labor intensive way, right? By automating and, and hiring other people to do it or th things like that. So that's smart, no doubt. I mean, you could work a lot harder than you'd have to. So the smart really takes care of that, but it's definitely doing more. So I, I think it is both those things for sure. All right, what else you got on COIs, dude? I got nothing, man. I doubled up and I repeated myself. That's good. Well, well repetition, <laughs> your people remembering stuff. All right, so I'm gonna tee you up for number four here. And we've talked a lot about this, but the funny thing is the more people who have been on the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, the more people that we have been building relationships with, this is the one that so many coaches now, so many marketing companies, so many smart people within the industry are focusing so clearly on, which is clarifying and having a consistent 
marketing message. And we have a free resource for this, by the way, which is uh, we have in the Influence Accelerator Academy, in the free version, you can download, it's the brand- Basics. Brand Basics Worksheet, that's it. We should make sure that we attach that to the show notes so that people can download this. But let's yeah. talk about this. So clarify- that'll, be a, that'll end up being a course too. Well, but it's free now, so they can just get that for free by, by we can just send that stuff to them. But anyway, I, I'm sorry, go ahead, L break these things down, dude. Yeah, so there's actually three that we've placed under this category. Like I said, these you know can go in multiple categories. But so the first one is if you're having, if you really need to clarify your message and, and be consistent with it in your marketing, just have a podcast about you being your brand. If your website says this is my brand, and you've hired a marketing copywriter to do that, or or you've done it yourself, there's not a lot of credibility behind it. But if you start podcasting, you start talking about the expertise that you said you have on your website, now you start to be your brand. If you say, well, I created a checklist for today's you know, podcast, There's, we're gonna talk about these seven ways, how many of these ways do you have? We didn't do that, we're, I guess we're lazy, we're, but I'm just joking. Any way that you can be your brand, showcase your expertise, and showcase that you really understand your audience and that what you're talking about resonates with them, that can be a huge part and role of a podcast. And that alone is worth having a podcast. Mm -hmm. A little bit of a slower burn, but then the idea of that, then you can put that podcast in, in other marketing systems. But just be uh, the opportunity to be your brand without being a great writer, without having to say, well, you'll really know what we're like when you come in and see me. Man, how many times have you heard that from financial advisors? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you really have to experience it by being a client. Well, how can I be a client? How can I decide if I want to be a client if the only way to experience is if I have one? There's got to be a word for that. What is it? Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. I can't think uh, of it. Uh, it's off. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, but I do see that. Yeah. Not all the time, but I see it. The next one is as a pick a fight. We had a really cool example of this yesterday, which is funny. I think that's actually what inspired this podcast, actually, uh, for us to come up with this topic. Yeah. So one of our clients yesterday, a couple of weeks ago, he did a pick a fight and he went out on a limb a bit and he actually named a company that sells uh, fixed index annuities. Well, they sell a lot of stuff, but FIAs. And they don't have a good track record of doing much homework around the appropriateness. And he called them out on his podcast and he got some hate texts. <laughs> <laughs> from people who work for that company. I don't know how many it was or it was just one, but, and he said, pick a fight. I'm not sure this pick a fight went the way I was hoping it would or was expecting because I, that, to that point, that was the only feedback. It was hilarious, but in between emailing me, replying back to him, well, what was wrong with this? He said, well, the obvious, somebody's mad at me. And then he said, but what's really funny is I just got another email that of somebody who said, yeah, I'm sick. I can't stand working here anymore. Can I come work with you? Processes, you've got this comprehensive planning approach and systems. You got a great brand that really helps people and serves people. You, your podcast is amazing. I'd like to come work with you. And, and this particular advisor happens to be in the business of adding advisors yeah. to his company. Yeah. It was pretty funny that happened like that. So the first, you know, his first thought was, man, was this bad? Was, 
And I don't know that you always have to throw somebody or be so obvious to throw somebody. You didn't necessarily have to do that because regardless, the person who you, the, the person who worked for the company that called you out might not have gotten to the level where it's like, well, that is me, but I haven't been identified. So I don't need to yell at them. And the other person probably would have known, yeah, I work for a company like that. So maybe I should call you. I think you can avoid calling somebody out specifically. Having said that, it does take your your pick a fight to a whole other level when you do identify people because it gets because then people can say yeah i work with those guys they sold me this man and so it, it does take it just a little further it depends on if you can handle it or not i told a story about this guy I met in the uk a year or two ago and he said people in the uk either love me or hate me based on what i talk about mm-hmm. and he said the funny thing is is i was doing okay but when everybody, but when I ratcheted up, pick a fight, what happened is the people who hated me, they hated me and that was fine. But the people who love me, the people who like me now love me. Mm-hmm. And I've made a wonderful career just from that group of people who love me. And yeah. he said, they didn't love me nearly. They liked me before when I picked the fight, they loved me and it drew them to me. So that's an interesting to think thing to think about in your marketing is how far are you willing to go obviously you don't want to get in any legal trouble but if somebody's not doing something philosophically that you think is a problem i don't think there's anything wrong with calling it out you just gotta decide how far you can go hold on i want to internalize this because we had a presentation called lead generation is dead and we have been very open and honest about that and you even picked a fight with a lead generation company while you were on the phone with the lead generation company and it went very differently than you had expected. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, that's a great point, man. Yeah, and this is recent. Yeah. I think it's happened a couple of times, but recently I got on with the director or something and I said, I'll be honest, if you've seen our stuff, we talk about lead gen being dead and they were kind of laughing and they understood. I'm not going to say whether or not they agreed. (laughs) The concept of how it happens without the credibility, without building the relationships, without being able to find the right people, it is a problem. And it's a problem for most lead gen companies. But what it did was it opened up an incredible conversation. We started talking about how do we combine what we're doing? Yeah. And if we can get to where we think we can... And we've been blasting from time to time. That's a pick a fight of ours is something we don't agree with. What an interesting learn, learning story, yeah. if you will, for our lives and careers that you can go into something. And I think that's how it happens so much in life. I think there's so many groups are so dot so dug in against each other. They can't even they just can't find any middle ground. But I think that was the just being honest and not being offended by it opened up and what I think is an incredible conversation actually is probably one of the most exciting relationship opportunities I can remember having in my career. I, I think it could be end up being that special, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm definitely going to be open-minded. I'm not going to let my past assumptions and my past experiences dictate what could be in the future. If we figure out a way to do this, yeah. because doing it right is the only thing that really matters. Yeah. Whatever is going to help our clients do better, find better people to work with, free themselves from the torment of sales, that kind of stuff is huge. So I'm going to move to the next one, which is pick a niche. This one's really, I hadn't, I'll be honest, I hadn't thought of this until a client talked about it. It's not that far of a reach. I'm sure we would have at some point, but what they had done is they had 
they were doing episodes based on picking a small niche of people that they knew. So let's say they picked a, a specific group of people in their LinkedIn profile that they thought these people, I really want to work with them. What do I, what is something that I can go to them with that's going to really resonate with this group of people? What, you know, what do they have in common? And I really want to work with them and then thought of a topic and a challenge, created an episode around it and said, I built this for you, a small group of people. This episode is based on a small group of people. And then they emailed them, called them. I think they actually called them first then a follow-up email and then a follow-up DM with that episode in hand. And I think that's just a marvelous way to go after somebody that you really want to work with and haven't just haven't been able to grab their attention and get them to act. And I thought this was just a brilliant way to do it. So I called it peak and pick a niche. Yeah. There's, you could, could name it other things too, but I think that's a really great way. And I think the other thing that could be really cool for a tactic like that, if you will, would be when you, add like not just text but do like a little uh video i know that you like to do those quite a bit you can use bomb bomb or you can use loom yep. what you do is do a little video intro say hey you know that little story i just told instead of putting it in text do a little video personalize it more i think that adds a whole other level but just imagine doing that for those audiences and getting a couple of them as clients just from planning ahead yep. and how often do you get to plan ahead in marketing and make something so specific and make them feel that special it's pretty cool it's unbelievably cool. Okay. And before we get to uh, five, six, and seven, we are going to have a quick commercial break from our sponsor, Restream. We're taking a quick break from our conversation to tell you about our sponsor, Restream. Restream is the go-to live streaming solution for every business. We love using it here at Proudmouth, especially because it lets us live stream to a bunch of social media channels at once. You can head over to proudmouth.com forward slash Restream to claim your exclusive offer today. Getting back into the meat and potatoes of everything, I'm going to do a quick summary and then Kirk is going to bring up number five here. Number one, these are the seven biggest marketing challenges and solutions. The first one is building relationships with prospects. Number two, gaining better traction with 401k plan participants and increasing awareness. Number three, get referrals from COIs. And Kirk just finished uh, right before the commercial break there, clarifying and having a consistent market messages. Kirk, where do we go from here? So the next one is getting more referrals from your existing network. Back in 2008, something like that, 2009, there was a consulting company called Quantivus led by Stephanie Bogan, who's a, a really high-end uh, coach to financial advisors and executives. And we actually had her on our show about a year ago, I think. Anyway, if you want to go back and listen to that, it was a great episode. But she talks about, uh, she did some research that showed that for practices under a million dollars in GDC, that 75% of their revenue came from referrals and that and practices over a million dollars that 90% came from referrals. Now there's been some more interesting research that was done in 2016, I think by Investment News and Michael Kitzes was involved with this. Yeah, he was, yeah. And it, they flipped that around. And I'll be honest, I couldn't, I wasn't as convinced the way they did the survey that it, it was a complete reversal. But I do get that there's a lot of different ways. Referrals is not the predominant way, but it's still really important. And it could be predominant if you did it, if people do it properly. The, the trouble is what are you doing to earn the referral and what are you doing to spark or ignite the referral? And that is definitely a big challenge 
for a lot of financial advisors. Man, I probably got ahead of myself, which I have a habit of doing. Actually, I think you teed me up really well here. So do you mind if I just take it over? Let it rip. Okay. So here's the fun part. Bill Cates, who is a partner of ours now, and I had the the honor of having Bill Cates write the introduction to the social media handbook for financial advisors because he had realized the power of social media back in, in 2010 before really a lot of stuff really picked up. I'm sorry, it was 11. But anyway, and now he's looking at podcasting and he's saying the same sort of thing like, oh my God, adding this to your referral process is super, super powerful. The first thing that you have to do with a podcast is you have to market into your book of business. You have to get your clients to become fans of who you are and what you do. And you're going to be able to do that by helping build relationships. And remember, this isn't always about financial planning or the best stocks and bonds and mutual fund strategies. This is about what it's like for the life of the client that you serve. So when you do bring on lifestyle guests, other centers of influence, other people of value, then people are gonna buy into your podcast that much more. But if you don't organically market this, the problem is you've lost a huge piece of real estate of existing relationships because you can say to your existing clients, hey, look, I know, Nobody's going to call my guy, my lady, my advisor, right? Because that's used to be the whole thing. Oh, man, I think you'd be a perfect client. You do all of this training on who your ideal client is so that you can ask for a referral and they know and blah, blah, blah. I get that. But now, instead of having to say that, which you can still say, and according to Bill Cates, it's still very powerful and a very successful tool. Before you say, hey, have them give me a call, you say, hey, you know what, why don't you listen to the podcast? This is a great way for you to understand what separates my advisor from the other advisors down the street without having to put you into an uncomfortable, potentially sales-based situation. This is wicked powerful. The other thing is we've got a couple of strategies Within our Influence Accelerator Academy, we have these nine podcast building strategies, and one of them is called the 12 by 20. Now, Kirk, we haven't really talked about this. I'm going to do it very fast. So here's the 12 by 20. Actually, I think I teach this a little different than you do, but whatever. So what you're going to do is you're going to take 12 of your best clients, 12 of your A-plus clients, the people you love more than anybody else who worship what you do for them. And you're going to ask them, if I could podcast about anything, what would it be? If I could interview anybody in our community or that that would really highlight who they are and why you love them so much and what they do for you, who would it be? And they're going to tell you because, of course, they're again, that's a great way to engage. And so let's say they want you to interview a local nutritionist who's really changed the life of somebody. Maybe they're much, much older and they feel better than they have in many years because of this nutrition change. You interview that nutritionist. And then what you do is you go back to that client who told you about the nutritionist and you say, I would like for you to personally send this podcast to 20 people. And of course, they're going to do this because yeah, 20 people, you know, that would be ideal clients for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden you start seeing the referral ask process and building the relationships, all of the things that we've been talking about so far, all of a sudden it it all, it's like an orchestra, right? You're the conductor and you're making beautiful music. Yeah. Now you've introduced, if you're doing the math, you've introduced 240 You've been, inter- you've been referred to 240 people with your expertise and they now they all know about your podcast and they all believe in the person, presumably, yeah. that you asked to be your expert guest. Yeah. And now you've if you're doing 24 episodes in a year, two a month, as an example, that's 12 of your 
podcasts already spoken for. Yeah. It's a little bit of work, obviously, to go find those 12 people, but there's a lot of resources to go find them. One is look who's interested in, in the stuff that you're doing yep. on social media. Ask your best clients if somebody's, they know a business who's made a huge impact on their life or business. So that could be a survey, just calling them up, going for a coffee, uh, all kinds of cool opportunities there. There's one latent difference there that I didn't bring up that you just triggered in my brain, which is this. So let's say you, you, you that nutritionist, not only are you going to ask your client to send that to 20 people, but you're going to ask the nutritionist to send that to their entire network. And we call that concentric circles of influence. All of a sudden, you're going to not only get access to your best clients, best friends and best relationships, but you're going to open up the door to an entirely new group of people who can start consuming your thought leadership and you can build a relationship with. Okay, Kirk. So that was number five. Yep. So number six is pre-qualifying prospects. So you get in the front door or you get in front of the right, again, the front door, get in front of the right potential clients. So this one's yours. Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is a direct response from one of our existing clients. He was on a podcast a little while ago. His name is Malcolm Etheridge. Great guy, great focus, great advisor. And what he does is when somebody expresses interest in working with him and he does everything digital, so that's his whole for format is a digital footprint. When somebody expresses interest, what he does immediately is he sends them the first three podcasts, who he is, what he does, and who he's looking at working with. With. So those are the three first podcasts that he has. And what that does is that, well, it filters out people who aren't part of his ideal client base, but it also builds a very quick relationship with them. And so when they do call, his sales process has gotten from six different meetings. I think he's down to two or three. Talk about efficiency. Talk about just they come in and they're like, Malcolm, yeah, you're exactly who we're looking for. And Malcolm didn't have to do that work phone call after phone call and meeting and meeting. He does it in a scalable fashion. And I absolutely love that. It's also a great way when you have these deep in these relationships with centers of influence, which Kirk talked about in point number three, centers of influence love this too because it gives them the opportunity to utilize your thought leadership to refer people to you who are the right people. So that's one of the worst things that happens. We've actually had a couple of referral partners who we love dearly as human beings. <laughs> they haven't really sent us the right people. And so this allows that point of clarification to filter through those people to make sure that they're referring the ideal clients to you. What do you got to yeah. I, I Actually, a couple of years ago, I wrote more than a couple of years now, maybe five or six years ago, wrote that paper called Death by Referrals. And that was one of the big keys in there is sometimes if you're getting referrals to the wrong people, it absolutely kills your business because you're chasing the wrong people around. You don't even know it because you have, they're not pre-qualified. Your partners or, or clients are referring to you the wrong people. That's usually a lack of brand, lack of communication, the lack of having a kind of marketing that's going to do the qualifying for you or say, I didn't know you wanted those people. So that kind of thing. Anyway, the seventh. I'm doing this one. Oh, okay. I am doing this one. Oh, go ahead, dude. Well, you're the one who said who was doing what. I know she took quite a few. I know she took quite a few more than me. I think I do have a couple more than you on this. Feeling a little greedy today, Halloran. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the coffee, dude. It's just the coffee. All right. What's number seven? Yeah. Well, I had a small coffee. You had a big one, so you deserve more here. So, number seven is getting a larger audience of fans faster. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to argue that having a a bunch of raving fans, advocates listening to your podcast isn't going to be business changing. I'm telling you, it, it is so much fun to have people who is so rewarding, just even psychologically for what you're doing and knowing 
what people care about most to have people tell you they're loving what you're doing. And we get it all the time. We do. So Matt's going to talk about, I'm going to tee it up here, but Matt's going to talk about piggybacking off of people who are already are influencers. This one is becoming a bigger focus for us. And I think it's a lot of fun too. It is a lot of fun and it is such a big focus. And it's something that we did early on too. And I don't think we had our systems and structures in place as well as we do now when it comes to these sorts of piggybacks. But so here it is. We have a client, his name's Larry. We bring up Larry all the time because he actually went over his 100th episode recently and he's just unbelievable. This personal growth and development over the three, four years that he's been working with us. But what his favorite thing and one of the ways that he gained a super amount of exposure was he took a risk and he called somebody who is, a, in, I think he's a Yankees fan, if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, Red Sox. Red Sox, I think. I was going to say that wrong. Dang it. No, Larry, no, 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 no. I must be wrong. Because he's not a Boston guy. He's a Long Island guy. So what team? Yeah, would like? doesn't matter. We're squabbling. Okay, Nobody cares. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite client quote ever is Randall Gritchick from the Jays. And there's a little commercial about it. It's basically uh, don't complain. Nobody like don't. Oh, man, I'm butchering this, but something nobody cares. Like, no, seriously, I want you to Google that. I want to know what that quote is because I'm going to use that later. You go and I'm going to look at okay, it. Okay. He interviewed this guy who's very active in his local favorite baseball team. And that brought on a substantial amount of credibility, notoriety to Larry's podcast because he got this guy. Now, what you all need to do here with the influencer piggyback, here's an actionable item. What I want you to do is to grab a piece of paper and over coffee or wherever, when you're done listening to the podcast, I want you to write down 10 people who you would love to interview. And I want you to shoot for the stars with some of these, right? Whether And it doesn't matter if they're local, national, international, political figures, religious figures, business owners. I don't care who it is. I want you to write that list of 10 because the super fun exercise that you can do is you take that 10 and you tell your friends about it. You say, hey, you know what? Here's what, here are some 10, your 10 people I want to interview for a white paper, podcast, blog, video series, whatever you're doing and see what happens. And you never know who knows who. What ended up happening with us very quickly is, uh, so we run the Be Your Own Love podcast, which is a different podcast. It's got a different focus. They're more inspirational stories about people who've risen above the noise to truly be their own loud and who are unapologetically themselves. And I just interviewed this guy a little while ago. I asked him at the end of the podcast, by the way, this is another great technique. Who should I interview? Who do you know that would be great to be on this show? This is a great way to continue to build up your network and, and have great guests. And he said, are you a fan of the Harlem Globetrotters? And I'm like, dude, of course. I, mean, I remember the Harlem Globetrotters on freaking Scooby-Doo, right? When I was a little kid and my dad took me to one and I took my kids to one. And he said, well, when did you take your kids to one? I said, I don't know, it was about 10 years ago. And he's like, well, then you remember a guy named Big Easy. And Big Easy was the leader. So he was the, the guy who was the setter of all plays. Basically, he was the head comedian and actor and all of this stuff. And I was like, yeah, I totally know who that is. In fact, I've got a picture of both of my kids standing next to Big Easy. My kids are probably like three and a half feet tall. And Big Easy, I know he's like 6'8 or 6'9 or something like that. And he's like, well, I know Big Easy. You want him on your show? 
And I was like, of course, just ask him, right? And Big Easy emailed me, you know, about a week ago. And he's like, oh my God, I just talked to so-and-so. I would love to be on your show. Never, and can you imagine who Big Easy's gonna know? So I'm gonna continue this process. And Kirk just had a big win too, which with the, this very famous Canadian guy, you just reached out to him on, on Twitter. You don't know this guy from Adam. Well, let me rephrase that. He doesn't know you from Adam. And he totally was on board, right? We don't know. I could be way more popular than anybody, <laughs> you know, just quietly. I mean, who knows? I could have millions of adoring fans that just don't follow me on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the fun part. You took the risk and you did that. So please, I want everybody to, leaving this podcast today with yeah. the simple fact of you have to ask, what is the worst thing? If your hero is Justin Bieber and Justin Bieber says, no, okay. But you can still go back to Justin Bieber and say, do you know anybody who might want to be on this show? It's all about the ask. It's all about having the courage and being a believer in who you are and what you do. You have to be your biggest fan. All of these seven biggest marketing challenges can be solved by that one thing, which is if you are the biggest fan of who you are and what you do, and you know that you are fundamentally doing something that is unique enough where people need to know about it, all of these seven are easy to implement and your practice is going to go through the roof. What was the quote, Kirk? What was the quote? You were supposed to look. Something. Nobody cares. Work harder. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Any excuse that you've got for not achieving success, nobody cares. Work harder. Yeah. Nice. Now, Matt would like to add smarter. In, in brackets below and smarter. Yeah, I would. I would like that. Smarter is hiring us, by the way. That, that's true. We got to say that. We got to say that before we start ending up, because you guys all quit as soon as it sounds like we're doing our close up here. I know, it, it's you sign it, off. The drop off. stats on you guys. We know you guys leave us <laughs> at our most important time. <laughs> well, before we do uh, end up wrapping up, everybody, I, I do want to just do a couple of of quick things. Number one. A lot of the information that we're sharing here, you can get for free inside our Influence Accelerator Academy. And all you have to do is go sign up for the apprentice version. It's an email address because we got to send you login stuff. It's wonderful. And we're getting a lot of really great feedback for people who are seeing all of the free resources that are going to help them rise above the noise and be there. Yeah, don't leave. Don't leave. Matt's going to say something really smart in 30 seconds. I got something even better, which is this. <laughs> the paid version of this, right, which is our, what do we call that? What's the second enthusiast. Level? enthusiast level? It's only been like six months. We've got some people in the enthusiast level, which is only $99 a month. And they're taking advantage of what I think is the most valuable, not just the courses, because there are unbelievable amount of courses in there, but there are two hours of office hours. Every there, will, there will be unbelievable. There are, we're, get, we're growing it. We're growing it. But yeah. a lot of the people who are in there now are just loving the office hours because they take a course and then oh, yeah. they can ask us questions. Well, wait a second here. In this course, you said this. How do I implement that? And then you yeah. get to meet with Kirk, myself, Julia, all sorts of these people who are uh, on our team who are really in, interested in helping you rise above the noise and be your own. Yeah. I think we have about 15 courses in there. And we're at, uh, trying to add one a week. One a week. So, yeah. And, we've and had one that's cool. coming up soon, which is pretty cool, is uh, we just talked about Bill Gates, and yeah. he created a custom course yeah. that integrates with what we're doing. It's re it's really cool. And we um, just launched Stephen Wershing's advisory council, his advisory board one. So yeah, we've got a whole bunch of super cool stuff in the can. All right, Kirk, what are your closing thoughts so that people can stop listening? <laughs> Nobody cares. We're Carter. 
I mean, it's such a great quote. Well, thank you everybody for listening today. I hope this was helpful. I hope you took a lot of notes. It's of course, very easy to share the podcast. Click that share button, even better. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And for all of us here at Proudmouth and in really a whole bunch of people we talked about today, but including our sponsor, Restring, we wanna thank you. And we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to learn more about how you can be your own loud, visit our website, read our blog posts, attend our educational webinars, and sign up for our new Influence Accelerator Academy, where you too can learn how to truly be an influencer in your space. Have a wonderful day.